Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm Dr. Diane Duckett, and welcome to another episode of Becoming You. This podcast is to help assist you in becoming a better successful you in life and in business. I am delighted to share with you today on just that. We know that becoming a better you takes work. In fact, it takes a lot of work, work that we sometimes really don't want to do ourselves. So today, I want to talk about the Moses Code. Well, hello there. Welcome to another episode of Becoming You. I am delighted that you have come on board to uh, hear me tonight um, on another episode of Becoming You. And uh, also, too, I want to say Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2022. I hope that you gained and learned uh, some things in 2021 where you can bring over to 2022 uh, that will help lift your spirits, that will help uh, propel you into um, all that God wants for you um, as you are becoming who God has created you to be. Uh, today, I want to do something a little bit different. Um, I want to read uh, from a book. Uh, so this is going to probably take a couple episodes to uh, get through it. Um, but I believe that this is a powerful book that will help you to see, um, to help you to see how uh, you can allow your goals and your visions to be fulfilled in your life. Um, and it's a powerful tool. Uh, the book is actually called The Moses Code. The Moses Code uh, is the most powerful manif- manifestation tool in the history of the world. And it's written by James F. Twyman, T-W-Y-M-A-N, James F. Twyman. Um, and so I wanted to actually share uh, this book with you because this book really helped me. Uh, it blessed my life. And so I wanted to uh, actually uh, allow it to bless your life um, as well. And so as we get into uh, the book, um, 
I'm going to read uh, the introduction. I'm going to read uh, part one and chapter one um, of the book so that you can get, um, you know, a feel of where James Twyman is going uh, with this book. And so, yes, it's called The Moses Code, and I hope that you will enjoy uh, the read, um, and I hope that you will be able to apply it to your life. So uh, here's the introduction. The most powerful manifestation tool in the history of the world. That may sound like a claim, an impressive statement one may write just to sell books or grab attention. But what if it's true? Is it possible that an ancient code exists, a magical formula used by one of the greatest leaders of all time? but has been lost for thousands of years. Interestingly enough, many of us are read, already familiar with it and have read about the miracles that were realized through its first application. Some of the most amazing events in history, yet few people are aware of the code that activated the, those miraculous um, occurrences. And when it's applied, it can attract everything our hearts have ever desired. Why it was hidden and left un unused for so long is one of the greatest mysteries of the ages. However, for the first time, the Moses Code is being shared with everyone, not just a selected group of high uh, initiates. In this book, I'll show you how to use the Moses Code to change your life and even the world. The wondrous events recorded in the Bible were a result of this process. And now you can harness its power to create miracles in your own life. You can use it to attract everything you've ever longed for, wealth, the perfect relationship, uh, property, um, and so on. But the more you experience the Moses Code, the more you'll realize that it's meant for something much greater, to inspire peace and create a world built on compassion and love. I first became aware of the Moses Code when I was writing my most recent book, The Art of Spiritual Peacemaking. Clues and hints rose to the surface as I wrote almost as if the secrets hidden from sight wanted to breathe fresh air again. Or perhaps humanity was simply ready to see in a way that it wasn't ready to before. When I realized what I was looking for at... I knew I had to conduct an experiment to discover for myself whether or not the code was real. When I was working on my previous book, references to the name of God, I am that I am, repeatedly came up. I sensed the power in the name, but I hadn't yet connected it to the law of attraction. It was only as I began studying and applying the name when it became apparent to me, as the subtitle of this book suggests, it really is the most powerful manifestation tool in history. Up to that point, I'd written nine books and only one of them had ever made it to the New York Times bestseller list. The Proposing Tree debuted, debuted at number 25 and remained in that position for a week. I'm saying this just to show you that I'm not an author who's enjoyed an enormous level of success. But my first book, 
uh, and Mystery of Light sold very well over the course of many years, but even it didn't crack a single bestseller list. This being said, I knew I found the perfect test. I decided that I wanted um, I decided that I would use the Moses Code to help make the art of spiritual peacemaking the number one bestseller book in the world on the day it was released. This would require a miracle, and these were ideal conditions for my experiment. For several months, I applied everything I learned about the code. When I woke up in the morning, I meditated with it. I even printed a dozen or so copies of the book's cover so that I could practice the exercise throughout the day, pausing for a second, a uh, few seconds, and meditating upon my goal whenever I saw a cover posted on the walls in the kitchen, bedroom, and everywhere else in the house. I would, I could feel the energy building and new ideas were streaming into my mind about how I could realize my vision of it being the best-selling book in the world. The day finally arrived when my book would be released. I logged on to Amazon.com and looked at its current place. The day before, it was ranked somewhere around 10,000, but nearly, um, but earlier that morning on June 6, 2006, it had reached 300. It seemed that it was on its way up. By noon, the book was in the top 20, and at 3 o'clock, it set at the number three position, only two, two more clicks to go, I thought. By 5 p.m., it was at a number two, almost there. I sat at the number two position for hours. It was excruciating. I checked the ranking every hour, but it didn't move. I even rationalized that the title currently in first place was a soft cover book, which meant that mine was the best-selling hard uh, cover book in the world. But I knew it wasn't enough. When I used the Moses Code, I envisioned it being at the top. And I wasn't going to compromise. It was going to get there. I just had to ha have faith. At 9 o'clock, I took another look. Number one, I like to say that I was surprised. But by then, I knew it was real. The Moses Code isn't something I made up or even discovered. In many ways, it discovered me. Recently, there's been so much talk about the law of attraction and how we can use it to realize our dreams, which usually means asking, how can I attract all the things I don't currently possess that will make me happy once I do? I'm willing to admit that this is an important first step, but I felt that Moses, uh, I felt that the Moses Code offered something that wasn't immediately uh, present in this formula. In other words, is satisfying the hunger of the ego, the real goal? Or is there something else within us, something far more significant that's fulfilled in a very different manner? The Moses Code is about the next and much more vital step. How do we satisfy the longing of our soul? The story of my book becoming a number one bestseller on the day it was released is a great example of how we can use the Moses Code to benefit our lives. But is this as far as we were asked to go? Have we been given these sacred tools to simply manipulate reality for our own gain? Or are we being called to something higher, a purpose that matches the original intent for the reason why this gift was offered to humanity in the first place? 
Although I'll discuss the differences between the longing of the soul and the hunger of the ego later in the book, it may be helpful to say a few words here to prime the pump. The ego is constantly concerned with trying to get what it believes it doesn't have, while the soul seeks to give everything it needs, thereby realizing that those things were already present within. This is the focus of the Moses Code, just as it is the highest goal of the Law of Attraction. The, go the Code was first used to secure the freedom of the Israelites who were enslaved in Egypt. Now it can be used to free you from the bondage of your ego. After all, where you live means very little if your mind and soul are oppressed. The purpose of this book is to offer you the most powerful tool in the history of the world for achieving true freedom. What is true freedom exactly? It's simply the ability to express your divinity in every situation, in every moment, and realize that you're the creator of the universe you experience. The ego seeks to enslave while your soul, like Moses, wishes to set you free. Let me give you one more example of the power contained in this process. I'm writing these words while sitting in a circle, uh, oh, sorry, sitting in a small cab near my home in, in Talent, Oregon, immersing myself in the ideas and energy of the Moses Code. A few moments ago, I spent some time using the code to accomplish a particular goal, which was to sell a house I owned. I took a few deep breaths, felt the energy of the words I chanted quietly to myself, and then let it go. Even though I spent no more than a few seconds focused in this way, I somehow knew it would have a profound effect. It is almost 4 p.m. on Saturday, nearly closing time for the cat. There are only two other people in the room, a middle-aged couple seated at a table about 15 feet away from me talking in low voices while looking at a newspaper. I feel the urge to glance over and uh, pay attention to their conversation. Apparently, they're from uh, Minnesota and are getting ready to relocate for a job at Southern Oregon University. I noticed that they're checking out the real estate section of the paper and discussing current listings of available houses and townhomes. This is interesting, yes, but it isn't enough for me to lose focus. After all, I'm attempting to write while I'm here. My manuscript is due to my publisher, Hay House, in two days, and there is still some more work to be done. I turn back to the computer in front of me and type in the words Moses Code. The instant they appear on the screen, I feel something tug at my heart. Tell them about the house you've uh, been wanting to sell. The house in question is currently being rented, and although I thought about putting it on the market, I still haven't taken action. Despite this inner urging, I feel like it would be rude to interrupt or even begin a conversation with the couple since they are so clearly preoccupied, but the feeling is persistent and increases until I finally say hello. No more than 15 minutes later, we make a deal contingent on them loving the house I have to offer. I know they will sense it is exactly what they are looking for and can be sold for exactly the amount they had in mind. The Moses Code is indeed the most powerful manifestation tool in the history of the world. 
Sometimes even I need to be reminded. Part one, the law of attraction. A lot has been said about the pe- the law of attraction in recent years. People everywhere are be- beginning to realize that they have the power to attract everything they desire. Actually, it would be more accurate to say that they're starting to understand that they've always had this ability. The law of attraction isn't something that we practice some of the time. There's no way to avoid living by this divine principle. This book will provide you with an ancient technique that has existed in the world for more than 3,500 years, but was hidden away long ago because authorities decided it was too powerful to be abruptly, spiritually, uh, abruptly wielded. They were probably right. Whether we're spiritually mature enough to do so now remains to be seen. But one thing I'm confident of is that we don't have much of a choice. The word, uh, the world is sitting on a critical and uh, uh, sitting on a critical pericope in the decisions we make about how we will, uh, we will or won't implement this wisdom may mean the difference between evolving to the next level of achievement or complete destruction. The choice, it seems, is ours. This may not be the most important book in history, but I believe that the principles and techniques presented within it are critical. When the Moses Code was first revealed to the Israelites, some of the greatest miracles in history were performed. Shortly afterwards, influential leaders decreed that the inherent energy was simply too vast and potentially dangerous to be used by anyone other than the highest initiates. Our collective religious history is littered with um, legends and stories of uh, spiritual masters who who evolved to the point where they not only understood the Moses Code, but were also able to practice it and achieve extraordinary results. Chief among the practitioners was Jesus of Nazareth. It's now time for all of us to master the code as well, not just to add riches to our lives, but to create a world based upon the laws of compassion and peace. If we continue to use this remarkable tool simply for our own gain, then we'll be lost. This may sound enormous, and that is indeed the intention. You're being offered the most powerful tool in history for creating your reality. This isn't a new age fairy tale. It's real and true. We need enlightenment, souls to finally manifest the world of our dreams. It's easy to look at the earth and see the devastation of unconscious manifestation. Our planet didn't arrive at the brink of such terror or its own, on its own, but through our collective decisions. The question now is simple or simply, will we choose this again? Or will we finally um, and resolutely decide to follow the call of the soul rather than the pandering of the ego? Whatever we genuinely feel, the world and everything in it will transform in our uh, transform in order to match that belief. You have an essential and individual role to play, and that's why this book has found you. 
Part one of the Moses Code discusses the story of Moses and the basic spiritual makeup of the code. Then the tone changes dramatically, emphasizing once again the importance of your choice to create and consciously evolve. Uh, for now, relax and enjoy. You're about to go on a journey that will change your life. Chapter one, a story for the ages. You've probably heard the story of Moses leading the Israelites out of Egypt. An astonishing accomplishment that began with him standing before a burning bush listening to the voice of God. But have we ever really heard the deeper message being communicated, not only to Moses, but to each one of us? Is it possible that a code is hidden within this story, a secret that gives us the ability to attract everything we desire into our lives? Could this be the most powerful gift God has ever bestowed upon the world? What are some of the things you most wanted to attract? Do you wish for abundance, your soulmate, the perfect house, or your dream car? Did Moses receive this cryptic message from God? And did God intend for us to also uncover the key to realizing all our dreams easily and automatically drawing into our lives every, everything we've ever asked for? If so, is it possible for you to use the same secret today? And for the rest of your life, achieving what the rest of the world would call miraculous. Welcome to the Moses Code. Let's begin by revisiting the story, setting the context for us to finally comprehend the most spectacular secret ever concealed from humanity. We're told that Moses was born an Israelite slave in Egypt, but due to either profound luck or divine uh, intervention, he was raised a prince among his oppressors. According to a law set forth by the Pharaoh, every male child born to Israelite slaves was to be drowned in the Nile. Jochebed, the wife of uh, the wife of Amram, a Levite, gave birth to a son and kept him hidden for three months. However, when she realized that he'd soon be discovered and killed, she set her infant son adrift coated and pitched a short distance down uh, the river. The Pharaoh's daughter found the baby and adopted him as her son. She named him Moses, meaning to draw out. Here's an interesting side note to our story. Moses' sister Miriam watched the boat as it floated along the Nile toward the city, then to the royal palace. When she saw the Pharaoh's daughter rescue the child, Miriam approached her and asked if she'd uh, like an Israelite woman to nurse the infant. She suggested Jochebed, Moses' real mother, and she raised him to be the adopted grandson of the Pharaoh. From the beginning, Moses had his feet in two separate worlds and had two distinct mothers with very different dreams. The story continues when Moses is a man, a brave leader of the Egyptian empire empire but one day something happens that forever changes his life moses is among the slaves when he sees an egyptian soldier mistreating an israelite man outraged at his abuse moses kills the soldier and hides the body in the sand hoping no one will ever discover his crime however he soon learns that his secret has spread throughout the ranks of the slaves fearing that 
his grandfather, the Pharaoh, would be informed of his deed and have him put to death. Moses escapes to the sign to uh, the Sinai Pelissia and finds a refuge with Jethro, a priest from Midian. Moses ultimately marries Jethro's daughter, Zipporah, and he stays there with them for 40 years. Now we've arrived at the pivotal uh, moment when the great mystery of creation was revealed to humanity, only to be hidden away upon the first demonstration of its enormous power. It was one of the very first conversations with God, a conversation that changed the world. The time has finally come for each one of us to experience and embrace it. One day as he was leading his flock up Mount Herob, uh, Moses saw a bush that burned with a bright fire, yet the fire didn't consume it. He turned to look at the marvelous sight and God spoke to him. What did God say to Moses? These words have been shared and loved by billions of people throughout the world for almost 3,500 years. Did anyone realize that this was one of the greatest gifts God had ever given to humanity for the secret to creating miracles was revealed? Very soon, you'll be among the first to understand the Moses Code and apply this amazing technique in your own life, but only if you choose to embrace it yourself. Let's examine some of the passages from the book of Exodus that describes this conversation with God. It begins by saying, God called him, God called to him from the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. This is found in Exodus chapter three, verse four. Pay close attention to Moses's reaction upon hearing God's voice uh, streaming from the fiery bush. He doesn't run away in fear. He also doesn't fall to the ground saying, why are you speaking to me? Don't you know I'm not worthy of this? Instead, Moses turns towards the bush and says, here I am. This may seem like an uh, innocuous response, but it will look a little deeper. Um, if we look a little deeper, we realize that it's far more significant. However, it's impossible to understand the impact of the statement until we continue a little further in our conversation. Hearing Moses' response is almost as if God is pleased. God then says to him, do not draw away. Take your shoes from your feet for the place where you stand is holy ground. This is found in Exodus chapter three, verse five. Why is this place holy? The obvious answer is because it's the spot where God has become manifest and known in the world. God's presence is being experienced through an ordinary bush on a mountainous ridge. And the fact that this very same bush is burning with a fire that doesn't consume, it is certainly miraculous. It makes this ordinary moment quite extraordinary. But is there another possibility for why this ground is so holy? God clearly understands God. This is something we can all agree upon since God is omnipotent and omnipresent. Therefore, if God knows itself to be in all places at all times, would the creator single out one place above all others as holy just because God's presence is being experienced there by one particular man? Is it not the will of God to be seen and felt in all places in each person? 
from God's perspective, all places are holy because God is everywhere. This means that the creator is unlikely to identify one physical location as more as more blessed than another. We may do this, but God wouldn't because it would be the same as limiting what's limitless. The greatest difficulty of our humanness is that we're unable to view or experience God in all places at all times. Our mind simply can't conceive anything so vast. But does the divine also share this limitation? If so, then God will be as restricted as we are, unable to know itself as itself. Is it possible that when God asked Moses to take off his shoes, God was speaking much more intimately than we first guessed? Moses said to God, here I am. It's almost as if God smiles at him and says, ah, well said, Moses. Indeed, here I am. This ground is holy because it's the spot where you have known yourself to be who you are. You may be thinking, wait a minute. Are you saying that God was pleased because Moses seemed to recognize himself as one with his creator? The answer is yes. For thousands of years, we've been sold a lie, and this has led to the suppression and dismissal of the Moses code throughout the world. We've been told that we're weak and vulnerable, unable to do little more than eke out of merged existence on earth. It, if we're lucky, we're able to accumulate a relative degree of comfort, maybe even own a few houses and build a big bank account, but none of that will really ever satisfy us. Our purpose is to live and then die, hopefully with a few moments of joy in between. We've imagined ourselves in a prison from which we can never escape. And we've conceived ourselves that this is our real home. Not conceived, convinced ourselves that this is our real home. But what if the door to the prison cell was never locked? What if the world we live in is nothing more than a projection of our thoughts about ourselves and God has never shared that vision at all. If God is all-powerful, all-knowing, and fully present in every moment, is it possible that the Creator would rejoice when we realize the truth? Hold on before you answer. Your response will determine your entire experience of life and how willing you are to accept everything that God intends for you. Your answer will determine how open you are to receiving miraculous and uh, ultimately cracking the Moses code. Let's continue with the conversation between Moses and God. God says to him, I am come down to deliver them, Israelites, out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out of that land unto a good land flowing with milk and honey. This is found in Exodus chapter 3 verse 8. God is making a great promise to Moses, granting the Israelites a passage out of Egypt and into a new home where they'll be abundant and free to live as they please. Once again, let's look to the nature of God and decide if the rest of us are included in this promise. If God is in all places at all times, then this could be more than a historical decree 
that was made to one particular individual or group to the exclusion of the rest? Is it possible that God's vow is made to every person who listens? Meaning, it's being made to you right now. If you're willing to listen and believe, then you'll discover, just as Moses did, that God never breaks a promise to anyone. If this is true, you're being led to the same land flowing with milk and honey. In other words, the place where your dreams become reality. God is telling Moses that he'll lead the Israelites out of bondage into the promised land. In this place where we're told Moses and his followers will have everything they need and nothing will be denied them. Why? Because they are the chosen children of the creator, worthy of all goodness and blessings. Most generations believe that this was a gift reserved for Pacific people, the Israelites. And according to this belief, God favors one group over another and is therefore willing to offer the chosen ones something that the rest can't receive. But is this really true? God says, I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and into the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. In other words, there are lots of other groups already there. Perhaps these people never left the promised land or they were able to use the code to arrive there earlier. All we know for sure is that God's will is for them to be free. And this can't be reserved for a single group of individuals. Freedom is meant for everyone, as is the land overflowing with abundance. In the end, Moses is really no different from any of us. Faced with such an extraordinary gift, most would fall into the ego pattern that has ruled our lives for so long, which is fear. Your ego, otherwise known as the part of you that perceives itself to be separate from God and everything else, believes that you don't deserve anything, especially not the fulfillment of your greatest dreams. A well-known acronym for the ego is edging God out. How can we edge God out, the creative force of the entire universe, and still have what our soul most longs for? The ego forces us to fall backward and play it safe and never comprehend the infinite, uh, the infinite potential that lies within. Like Moses, we say to God, who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? This is found in Exodus chapter 3, verse 11. God may have replied, who are you not to bring them out? We usually wait for someone else to get the job done, never realizing that there really is no one else. God is choosing you in this moment to receive everything you desire. When you do so, you'll be a living example of the greatest secret that will make you rich beyond your wildest imagination. And now we come to the critical question and answer that the entire Moses Code is based upon. God has given Moses a task, one that seems impossible. In fact, God even tells Moses that the Pharaoh will never listen to him or consider honoring his demand 
which doesn't seem to surprise Moses. After all, the Israelites were responsible for building half of Egypt. Without their forced labor, the Pharaoh wouldn't be able to construct his vast temples or modern cities. In short, without Moses' people, the Pharaoh would be lost, and he wouldn't take this loss lightly. Moses needed something more, something to tell the Pharaoh and his own people that would convince them that this was the will of God, the will of the one God. And Moses said unto God, When I come unto the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? This is found in Exodus chapter 3, verse 13. A name has great power. It not only identifies people and separates them from others, but in many cultures, it defines who they are. That is, a name bears the essence of the individual. When Moses asks what name to give his people so that they may believe he's telling the truth, it's a very big request. It must be a name that incites passion and dedication. It also must be worthy of the creator of all things, the single source of life uh, in the entire universe. What kind, what kind of name can encompass the power and majesty of such a being, as well as contain the magic and mystery that God deserves? And God said to Moses, I am that I am. This is what you will say to the children of Israel. I am has sent me to you. This is found in Exodus chapter 3 verse 14. I am has sent him. Remember that this is what Moses said to God when he was first called to the burning bush. Here I am or in some translations here am I. Whether or not Moses realized it, he'd identified the power of God with his own. And God was pleased. In fact, when Moses shared his shared this name with the Israelites and then the Pharaoh, miracles began to take place all around them. One after another, the world began to conform to the idea that Moses had in his mind. The Israelites should be freed from Egypt. In the end, the force of this demand backed by the name of God was undeniable. And the Pharaoh had no choice but to concede. God's children were allowed to live, uh, children was allowed to leave and seek the promised land where all their dreams would come true. But here's the question we now need to answer. Having witnessed the supreme power given to them by God through this name, why did the Israelites hide it away? rarely to be used again. For centuries and even millennia, many people have believed that humans should never utter the name given to Moses. It was unspeakable, and so the magic contained within it was concealed from the world. Until now, you're going to learn how to unlock the Moses code. In doing so, you'll attain everything you've ever desired. Do you believe this is possible? Will you be like Moses and ask for more? If it's evidence you need, I'm all too ready to give it to you. Chapter 2. A Gift from God Are you ready to have the same conversation with God that Moses enjoyed? I assure you that it's the 
key to receiving everything in the world that you're entitled to. Your thought, you thought you deserve lack, sickness, and ultimately death. Why else would you be experiencing these things if you didn't want them? This may be the hardest concept you'll ever have to admit. The idea that you've created everything in your life, including what doesn't serve you well. Once you do accept it, though, you'll also be able to accept happiness, abundance, and perfect balance. That's why you're here. It's the reason why you opened this book. Nothing else would satisfy you now. It's time to throw open the still door that has kept you apart from your heart's desire. The Moses Code is about to be unlocked, but I'd be remiss if I didn't provide you with the following warning. Once you open this door, it can never be shut. You'll know too much once you've been exposed to the secret, and you'll never be able to fall back into ignorance again. From this moment on, you'll realize that you have the key to everything you could ever dream of. If you choose not to use this gift, then it will be no one's decision but your own. Also, beware that this tool you're about to be given is far more powerful than your mind can possibly comprehend. The words may seem simple, but they unlock a source of energy that created everything you perceive. Literally, you were created by God and therefore you possess all the qualities of God just as you possess the the genetic information of your earthly parents and ancestors. A scientist can explore a person's DNA and determine who his or her children are. And this same idea applies to God. You're about to explore a code that's been locked inside your soul. And is in, in, in doing so, you'll discover that you're the child of the divine, possessing the same power to create as God. Monotheism versus polytheism. When Moses asked for God's name, he wasn't given what may at first seem like a cryptic statement. It wasn't a normal name God used or God offered, but an assertion indicating a presence transcending ordinary definitions. God said, I am that I am. Then commanded Moses to tell the people that I am has sent me to you. This seems to solve the argument of the day. Are there many gods as the Egyptians believed or only one God, which was the foundation of the Hebrew faith? This wasn't the first time such ideas were presented in Egypt. From around 1375 to 1358 BC, the pharaoh Alkaton, who rejected the old gods and initiated a monotheistic worship, of the sun god Aton ruled the country since Moses is usually regarded to have lived no longer than 1300 BC it is clear that the Egyptians had already endured at least one attempt to initiate a society built upon the belief in one supreme being the statement or name I am that I am tells the Hebrews and Egyptians that God does indeed exist and there's viable power in saying the name. Moses has apparently been given more influence than even Abraham, the father of three great monotheistic uh, religions because he's aware of God's name while Abraham isn't. 
In the sixth chapter of the book of Exodus, God tells Moses that Abraham was never given the name, even though the creator appeared to him. With this name, Moses confronts the most powerful ruler in the world and compels him to release every Hebrew slave in Egypt. What was it that finally compelled the Pharaoh to commit such an unlikely act? Miracles. By using the name of God, Moses is able to turn his walking stick into a serpent, transform the Nile into a river of blood, create plagues of frogs, lice, flies, locusts, and other terrible things, kill the firstborn of every Egyptian, part the Red Sea, and destroy the pursuing Egyptian army. This is more than enough evidence to create a strong impression on anyone in the end. In the end, Moses and the Hebrews was left alone to follow their destiny, finding the promised land. And now you'll use the name of God just as Moses did in order to realize your greatest dreams. The process you're about to learn will align your power with the power of God, giving you the authority to draw into your life anything you desire. Authority, that's the key. For without proper authority, the cosmic and elemental Energies lie dormant before you. However, when the name and authority of divinity and live in them, they are spring forward and hearken to your command as they recognize you as God's co-conspirator. Now, there's an exercise that Mr. Twyman has given us uh, to uh, do. So exercise number one, you want to get a sheet of paper and a pencil. And I want you to write on that sheet of paper exercise number one. The first form, F-O-R-M, the first form. Uh, what do you want to attract in your life? That's the question. What do you want to attract in your life? Uh, and write that down. Write that question down on your sheet of paper. What do you want to attract in your life? This is the first step. You may, uh, you may choose to start off uh, with something small or go after your heart's desire. It's totally up to you since the Moses Code doesn't recognize levels of difficulty. It treats everything the same as extensions of God and therefore something that you deserve. You're also, you're also an extension of God. So it's logical that you're entitled to whatever you request. This may seem like um, a, a distant leap for your mind, but with continued practice, you'll know it's true. Have you chosen to focus on financial abundance, a particular object, or the perfect relationship? Write it down on a piece of paper and keep it in front of you so you can clearly see your goal. Now, go to a place where you can relax and be alone. At first, you'll only practice this uh, exercise for a moment or for a few moments, but after a while, it will become a habit and you'll Find yourself using it throughout the day. Once you're alone and relaxed, take a deep breath. With your eyes closed, look at the sheet of paper in front of you and say out loud, I am that. Exhale as you recite these words. And then as you inhale, continue by saying, I am. The sound will be diff different because you're reciting the uh, second uh, phrase on the in-breath. Repeat this circular breathing and speaking as you stare at what you've written down. It's important to feel the emotion of already having what it is 
that you're asking for. I'll explain this more in a moment. For now, create the emotional feeling that you've achieved your goal. Continue to breathe and repeat the chant. So as you breathe and as you inhale and exhale, uh, when you inhale, you'll inhale uh, the words, um, I am that, and you'll exhale, I am, right? Or is it the other way around? No, exhale, I am. So you're going to exhale, I am. You're going to inhale, I am that. And you're going to exhale, I am. And you're going to look at your list uh, or the goal that you wrote uh, down on your sheet of paper. And you're going to take that goal and you're going to um, just look at it. Just look at it. Visual, you know, just look at it. Visualize it. See it, you know, on your paper and begin to focus on your breathing technique and focus on the words that are coming out of your mouth. I am that as you inhale and as you exhale, you're going to say, I am. And then what you're going to do is as you're doing that, you may do it several times, um, but you're going to add some emotion to it. You're going to add some add emotion to what it what it is that you have listed on your paper. Whatever that goal is that you have listed on your paper, you're, you're now going to add emotions to it. You're going to you know, get excited about it. You're going to laugh. You're going to give gratitude saying, thank you. You're going to, you're just going to bring some emotions to it. Now don't be bringing those sad emotions to it. Don't be bringing the, the negative emotions to it. The, what I mean by negative emotions, I don't want you to say, oh, I can't accomplish that. Oh, that's not for me. Oh, I don't have the resources. Oh, I don't have this. Oh, I don't have that. I don't want you to bring that type of emotion to the goal that you are now looking at on that sheet of paper. I want you to bring some emotions that, you know, will get you inspired. Like it will like literally um, uh, spring up on the inside of you so that you can feel uh, the power of the goal that you have listed on your sheet of paper. Uh, let me explain what you're actually doing. When you're, when you breathe out saying, I am that, you're claiming that you're one with the desired state or object. So the goal that you have listed on your sheet of paper, when you do the breathing technique, um, I am that, I am, you are uh, becoming one with that goal or that desire or that object. Uh, you're affirming that you aren't separate from the thing you're asking for. Rather, you're contained within it and it contains you. It's, it's contained in you. In other words, you're expanding the definition of who you are and drawing into your being something that you believe you desire. This claim that you're one with the thing you desire is actually a statement of truth. In fact, you aren't separate from anything. You're an aspect of all the all-pervading all pervading life of God. You're one with God, so you're one with all things that are also one with God. Let me say that again. You're one with God. So you're one with all things that are one with God. Does this make sense? Perhaps not to your logical mind, but your soul understands this statement all too well. And that's why the Moses Code works. Um, works. It's as if you're finally acting upon the knowingness of your soul instead of your mind, which is at best confused about everything it perceives. It sees everything as separate and alone, whereas your soul views everything as intimately connected to its source. When you inhale, saying, I am, imagine 
that this is God's response to you, claiming and accepting the thing you desire to draw into your life. You say to God, I am that. And God answers, I am. The name of God now comes full circle and easily draws the thing you're focused on into your life. So pay close attention to this next part of the explanation. If you see, well, if you can understand it, even with the limitations of your limited mind, you'll realize the power of using the name of God to manifest your desire. When you say, I am that to God, God doesn't answer you saying you are. The creator replies, I am. In other words, God is saying through you, if you claim it, then I claim it too. For we are one. I am that I am now becomes a single statement rather than two. It is God speaking to God and God answering God. And what would God give itself? Everything. Now you understand the beginning level, the first form of the Moses Code. As you practice it and experience the results, you'll have direct knowledge of the power of God power of God's name. Just as Moses and the Israelites did, the mir- miracles that will naturally occur in your life will reflect the greatest ones that humanity has ever known. Will they be as distinguished as the parting of the, uh, the Red Sea? Of course, because to God, a small miracle is equal to one that changes the world. They're no different because eternity isn't concerned with concepts such as uh, big or little. Only the mind is interested in that. Um, and the Moses code leads you away from the mind and into your soul. I said earlier that it's important for you to feel as if the thing you're asking for is already yours. This is one of the most vital aspects of the Moses code. God will always give you exactly what you want in life. Unfortunately, we often ask for the things we don't want and they're giving to us because that's what we're really asking for. In other words, if you feel that something isn't yours or that something is beyond your reach, you won't receive it. Your heart's desire remains outside your grasp. Your feelings are the key to drawing what you wish for into your life. Divine energy flows in the direction that you design. If you feel that you don't have something, then it is the not having that the energy responds to. If you feel that you already have the thing that you're asking for, then God's response, then God responds accordingly. Your feelings steer, steer the wheel that guides the ship of your life into the port of your highest desire, setting the course Your destiny follows to the fulfillment of your dreams. Exercise number two. So skip down two lines. Skip down two lines. And I want you to write exercise number two. And entitle it, Attracting What You Want. Exercise number two, Attracting What You Want. So with this exercise, you're going to make a list of some of the things you like to attract into your life. Now scan the list and pick the one that really stirs your spirit. Uh, So if you have five items on the list, 10 items on the list, 20 items on the list, 100 items on the list, 
what you're going to do is you're just going to scan the list and you're going to pick the one that your spirit is connecting to, right? It's connected to that is that's really stirring, stirring your spirit up uh, for you to really like pull that one out. So what gets you most excited? Which of these inspires you? So when you look at your list, ask yourself the question, what gets you excited? Which of these inspires you and calls upon you to practice the Moses Code? This will be your first attempt at using this sacred technique. So when you're ready, find a quiet place where you can be alone. Relax, make yourself comfortable, and then imagine that you're sitting in a movie theater watching a film of yourself. You're viewing a scene something sometime in the future when you've already attracted the thing you chose from your list. Visualize it in as much detail as you can. Are there others there with you? What are they saying? Listen to the conversation and pay attention to the smallest details. Make it as realistic as possible. So when you see the goal that is attracting your spirit to use the Moses code, that list that you got in front of you, you're going to, uh, whatever your spirit is leading to, whatever is stirring up in your spirit as far as the, uh, the item that is on the list, you're going to now visualize that and you're going to act like you're in a movie. You're, you're going to see that you look, act like you're looking at a movie, seeing a movie of yourself, um, having this particular item. And as you are visualizing this particular item, um, you're going to see who is a part of visualizing this item. Um, and what are, what is the conversation, uh, others or this person or, you know, others are saying, uh, about this object or item, um, um, in the conversation. So they can be talking directly to you or they can be talking to, you know, someone else. I don't know. Uh, they could be doing either or, but you want to be able to listen to the conversation and pay attention to the smallest details. Make it a realistic, make it as realistic as possible. Now take a deep breath and imagine that you've actually jumped into the scene. You're no longer watching it, but are now living it, connecting to all the emotion. If you're wanting to attract the perfect relationship, visualize that you're with your soulmate and feel the love and gratitude appropriate to the moment. Get involved in the scene with all of your energy. Feel the emotions of having. As you continue to experience the scene, begin practicing the Moses Code. While exhaling, say aloud, I am that. Believing that you've actually become the goal you seek. Now, take a deep breath. And while saying I am knowing that God has claimed it through you and as you hold on to the vision, letting the chant add energy and momentum, allowing the feeling of having swell within you, completely filling your heart. When you feel that you're done, take a deep breath and keep your eyes closed. Permit the energy to sink into your soul as you relax. Most important, give gratitude for having successfully attracted the thing you've set your heart on. Notice that I wrote this as it is as if it has already happened. This is what you must do as well. Pour the energy of the future into the present moment. You've done everything you need to do. Your energy and appreciation are the only 
ingredients you need to supply. Now that they've come together, the Moses Code is complete within you. The Moses Code is complete within you. So I pray that you will take this exercise and really um, allow it to um, like really speak to you, like speak to you. So that list that you got, uh, that you have written, uh, you, like whatever is connect, really, 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 really connecting to your spirit. That's the one that that's the item on that list that you want to use the Moses code on. Because if it's speaking to your spirit, that means that that's what God really wants for you. He wants you to have it. He wants to manifest it in your life. And so uh, just don't choose anything off the list, right? Choose what is speaking to your spirit so that you can use the Moses code on, uh, use the Moses code as uh, you visualize it, as you know, it becomes one with you uh, so that it can manifest uh, and become um, a reality. So uh, I hope you enjoyed this read. Uh, the next uh, podcast, we'll read, uh, begin at chapter three and uh, read several chapters from there. Um, but uh, hopefully you enjoyed the read. Hopefully you enjoyed the book. If you really enjoyed the book, I want you to grab this book at Amazon. I'm giving a little promotion to James uh, Twyman. Um, you, you can purchase it on Amazon, The Moses Code, the most powerful manifestation tool in the history of the world uh, by James F. Twyman, T-W-Y-M-A-N, James F. Twyman. Uh, get that on Amazon.com and it's going to bless your life um, because not only when you have a hard copy in your hand, you're able to highlight, you're able to annotate, you're able to like just uh, go back to it and really um, chew on it, uh, meditate on it, spit out the parts that you don't want and keep in the ones that you do want. So anyway, I just want to thank you for joining me tonight on Becoming You. Um, I'm Dr. Diane and thank you for listening to another episode of Becoming You.